So welcome to episode one of the World Tanks podcast that I'm doing here in uh, sunny Cyprus. I'm Paul Barnett. I work at Wargaming and I love playing tanks, one of my hobbies. Going to give you an oversight of the British tank line. It's one of the core lines we have. So we have the Russian, we have the American, the German, the British and the French. They're the most developed and they have all our different tanks in them. So that's artillery, light tanks, medium tanks, heavy tanks and TDs. Uh, the British line is an experimental line and can be deeply frustrating because it's mad of a sack of badges. It also has the craziest camel pants. But take heart, hidden within the desert rat's maze of that design crazy, there are a couple of good tanks. There's one best of breed. There's some crazy ones. There's a crazy premium. And we're going to cover all of that. So uh, join us. And obviously I'm British uh, and therefore I know about having a stiff upper lip and ordering more tea. And... The British line has almost no logic to it, and that's because uh, the tanks basically are built by men in sheds at the bottom of their garden. You know, there is no like tank factories that you had in Russia or, or like design uh, systems that were going for in Germany. This is just people who were given money and metal and hammers and guns and would just come back and say, "Ah, oh, now you drive backwards. That's the way to go." So it's got like a crazy whim to it, uh, like a whim of iron. So let's get the bad stuff out of the way. Um, it has some of the worst tanks in the game and actually has the worst start of the first five core ones that you can pick. And you get the laughably named medium one. It's slow, large. The crew are actually blind. And it's got a donkey to power it. Its armor is made of something that I like to call explodium because as soon as it gets hit by anything, a cough, a leaf, the laughter of a small child, it'll just, just burn up. Um, you just need to get past it. Treat the medium one as nothing more than a mobile coffin. And once you're beyond the pain of that tank, you're gonna open up the lines and you're gonna figure out what you're gonna do. And you gotta get used to the design theory of the British, which is they just make it up. All the skills that you uh, learn are usually thrown away when you get to the next tank until they finally pick something that they just want to just build relentlessly. So we'll start with the, the craziest one, the artillery. Got a couple of, uh, of early artillery in there, Lloyd and Sexton and that, but really it's when you get to the birch gun that the British RT uh, warms up. It's very long, it's lightly armoured, it's got a turret that rotates, that's kind of cool. Fires a long way, actually it's a reasonably good artillery, uh, which is why as soon as you get used to it, we immediately change it and give you the bishop, which is heavily armoured, has no turret, is slow, it's got a shorter range. And just as you're getting used to that, we then move you to the snappily named FV304. It's like a go-kart with a mortar that's been strapped to the back that fires insanely fast ping-pong balls that do no damage. It's really just there to annoy people. And from these lessons of these three different artillery, we immediately forget them, and Jeff, with his shed, he rolls out the Crusader SP, uh, which has a huge gun. It drives backwards. It's massive. It takes 27 years to actually aim in a shot, and then you miss. I mean, there's no Darwinism survival of the fittest. It is just Jeff in his shed making things up. Like, driving backwards is supposed to be better. Better than what? I mean, it's like saying you're stabbing yourself in the eye with a spoon, and that's more useful. Uh, you know, than stabbing it with a fork. I mean, I suppose you've got less times. He's still stabbing himself, though. Never mind. So if you're looking for new and exciting challenges, then the British Arty line is the one you should go for. Just don't fall in love with any one style of play, because as soon as you upgrade, you have to change the rules. So if the Arty line is like this, uh, then why would you ever play it? 
Now, I'm going to give you two reasons. The first is you're never going to get bored. Uh, the three I just mentioned, the, the Burton Bishop and the FV304, actually they're quite a laugh, a little different, but you know, get used to the madness. But more importantly, it settles down. It settles down at tiers um, 8, 9, and 10. And at tier 10, the final tier, you get the Conqueror gun carriage, uh, which is just a uh, monster. It's a monstrous artillery. It's probably the best artillery in the game. So for all that craziness, uh, you can suddenly click the map and annihilate everything in that one square. So that's artillery out of the way. Then you get the TD line, and it starts off with a little fast-moving pew-pew TD. So you get like the, the two-pounder, which I've got a thousand games in, I like it a lot. And you get the Electo, uh, which is like a glass cannon sports car. The Valentine AT is wedged in the middle of that, which is a slow-moving boom gun. Uh, and then it settles on what's called the AT2. It's like a Star Wars thing, a hat hat. AT2. It's a house brick of a TD. I actually really like it. It's slow as a glacier and uh, it uses that fast ping pong ball spamming system that the Brits sort of like. And uh, it's fun if you like moving forward slowly and just spamming bullets. And it's a huge departure uh, but it's now going to set the tone for where they're going to go in the future. From here on in the tanks just get slower and bigger in size and get bigger guns. So no speed, usually a ludicrously weak top hatch that anyone can see. Uh, they do have armour which appears to be magnetic to artillery, that can be a bit frustrating. You get the uh, 88 right after the 82, and it's like an 82 that's eaten all the donuts in a donut shop and been asleep for 10 years. You then get the 87, God knows how the numbers go in this order. That's got the hilarious idea of copying the dreadful American M3 Lee. That's a medium tank that has a gun strapped on the right-hand side. Awful. And uh, obviously, Jeff was in his shed, and he thought, oh, I'll do that. That's a great idea. Not realising that the Americans stopped it immediately because they realised it was crazy. It was about as good an idea as when my son offered up Cards Against Humanity at grandmother's funeral. You get the 1815 after that, uh, which is a tank that was designed to test the patience of a saint. There's absolutely no redeeming features whatsoever. Uh, there's a premium, actually, the AT-15A. It's three times better than the AT-15, which means on the tank rating, it registers just above terrible. So that gives you an idea just how bad the AT-15 is. But once you get past that, you get to the best-named TD in the entire game, uh, which is the Tortoise, or Tortoise. It's got a nifty gun, it's got great armour, and it explodes as soon as any decent tank looks at it. And that takes you all the way to Tier 10, that line is so bad, a bit like the artillery, then why or why would you bother to play it? Well, the answer is the Tier 10. The Tier 10, which has the very snappily named FV215B186, but is known by almost everyone as the Death Star. It's a great tank. Big, slow, lumbering, almost got a turret, and has a gun of doom, an apocalyptic gun. Now, don't get me wrong, you're still going to bounce, and then, or you're not going to hit, you're going to miss, and the reload's terrible, but when you do hit, and you make another tank just melt, it's more fun than if the entire team, I don't know, crashed into a fireworks factory. Uh, however, the TDs have a different line as well, uh, than the one you've got You can go down the Frankenstein monster line, made of like cloned American cast-offs, crazy turreted TDs, it's a very strange experience. Uh, you get uh, the, an M3 Lee copy in the form of the Grant, which is dreadful, it has all the downsides. 
You get the slow boom shooting Valentine. Uh, you get something that drives backwards. A Sherman with a very big gun in the form of a firefight. Look, it's loopy. It has no rhyme. It has no reason. And then it settles down around about tier seven. Yeah, that's right. It settles down at tier seven. That's when it starts to get sane, if you can call it sane. You get the new concept. They're fast. They're big. They've got a big gun. They've got a bigger turret. Usually no armor. Uh, it's the challenger actually at tier 7. So uh, if you're going to do that then why would you do it? Well it's because when you get to tier 10 again you get the uh, snappily named FV4005 or as we like to call it the other Death Star and then you get to go around slowly stay away from snub-nosed fighters and then use your boom gun where you either become furious because you missed a point-blank range or you giggle insanely as whatever you hit melts. British heavies. Right, look, I love the British heavies, but they really are challenging. British heavy line is another kettle of fish. First, we'll make you crawl over your belly on broken glass and force you to play the laughably bad medium one, medium two, and medium three. And just as you're about to uninstall the game and go and rant about us online, and quite right too, we give you the Matilda. And you would think that if a tank was like, you know, if quality was based on the quality of its name, you go, this is not going to be a good tank. But, but you'd be wrong, like totally wrong. Compared to all the tanks you got before, this is a beauty queen that puts Helen of Troy to shame. It is more fun than it has any right to be. Think of it, it's like going on a date with someone who appears to be like a dull librarian and then finding out they're a very large collection of erotic books. I mean, the Matilda, not a fast tank, uh, it has reasonable armour, uh, it can survive in a firefight, and that's handy because, well, the Matilda moves at the speed of a tree. Uh, they do have awesome guns, you've got a big boom gun, but most people go for the Daka 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 spam death gun, which is great, it means you can deal out an awful lot of punishment. And after all the pain you've gone through to get here, you know, the Matilda's a beautiful tank and restores your faith in the British line. And that's really handy, because your face about to get tested in all new ways. Because from there you're going to uh, meet the big Churchill. Uh, the Churchill is lumbering, it's heavily armoured, it's got flat armour, many angles on it, and it's got uh, crazy guns, and it basically trundles forward, slowly zigzagging, uh, and getting outpaced by every other heavy in the game. From the Churchill 1, you jump to the Churchill 7, which is real misery. If we land at the Black Prince, the Black Prince is a big armoured mega Churchill. It moves zigzaggy across the map, trying not to kill it by artillery. It can deal out some damage, but not masses of it. And when we last updated it and made it HD, unfortunately we crippled its armour. So it's lost its one big advantage. And I'm not really selling it, am I? Uh, but that's not your problem. Your problem is once you get past the Black Prince and you jump to Tier 8, the entire style changes again. Jeff was in his shed and he thought, to hell with it, we're going to go mad. And he decided what he wanted to have were heavy tanks with very brittle bodies, so really bad hull armour. Then he wanted to give them good turrets and they were going to become sort of like long distance peek and snipe. Um, which is deeply infuriating if you'd spent all your time learning how to play the Churchills because now you've got to play a whole new system in. And the first one they had to go out the Carnarvon is not very good. But from that, they got to the Conqueror, the Tier 9. And the Conqueror tank is absolutely fantastic. 
once you've learned how to play it and you understand how its turret works, it's just it's wonderful. You can have a, a, a load of fun with it. And then that rolls into the tier 10. Uh, the tier 10 is another FV. And for this one, Jeff decided to put the turret at the back of the tank, uh, just because he did. And it, the tier 10 is a very difficult tank to love, because when you first get it and you play it, uh, you realize that it's a supreme skill tank. And so you just bang your face on the desk is probably the best way of having any fun with it for like your first 300 battles. But once you grasp the skill, the delta between the tank without skill and the tank with skill is actually really, really high. So you're able to do some amazing shots with it, do amazing damage with it. People who know what they're doing in the tier 10 British Heavy are monstrous. It's one of the best heavies in the game in the hands of a skill player. So there you are. The lights, uh, well, they're all at the beginning of the game, but they're all um, really interesting, and some of them are really good. Um, you do have the Farcical Valentine, which is really a, um, a heavy tank in speed in the body of a light tank. So if you just want to, you know, never get anywhere, get the Valentine. But you do get the Cruiser set, and the Cruisers are great. Cruiser 3 is fantastic. Cruiser 4, which I still have, I have it on every one of my accounts. I love the Cruiser 4. You know, it's all my all-time favourite harassing light tank. From that you get the Commenter and the Crusader until you land at where the British excelled. It's tier 6, it's medium, it's the Cromwell. It's not just a great medium, it's probably the best tier 6 medium in the entire game. It's a fast flanker, does great damage, and it can take a little bit of punishment. I just get abuse when I, mean, I did a video once where I mentioned that and people laughed and went, you've got no one. What I mean is it's surprisingly robust if you're used to playing British tanks that explode. If you learn how to play the Cromwell, you can be re rewarded with games of joy for a lifetime. You then push through, you get to the Comet, it's sort of like a, a bulked up Cromwell, and then you get to the final push with the Centurions. There's three of them, Centurion 1, Centurion 7 1, and the Centurion Action X. Uh, they're all basically the same tank. Fast flanking uh, has been now replaced with Peak and Snipe. So you've got a really good turret, uh, you've got a very, very good gun on accuracy and penetration, still suffering from the British curse of low damage unless you've got the Death Star. The Centurions require effort to get the best out of them. They've also got a, a pretty high skill delta. But man oh man, once you've figured out how to do that, they will reward you. Um, on the premium front, you've got a collection of them. They're usually rubbish or sort of like kooky and awesome. So on the rubbish front, um, uh, Matilda Brett Plains is rubbish, the Sexton's rubbish. Um, the sad shadow of greatness that was the Excelsior, which is now because of power creep become rubbish. Um, and then uh, on awesome, Cromwell B, what do you know? The Cromwell can't go wrong. And least we forget, um, you do have the, the game's most colourful uh, and characterful tank, which is the Tog, Tog 2, uh, which I've actually seen a real one of those. got one in the um, Tank Museum in Britain. Uh, the Tog 2 is the size of a submarine and uh, apart from a good gun has no other redeeming features whatsoever as a result I have it I love it I've got the garish camo on it and I think it's fantastic the British line I'm not sure it's a first pick but it's a really interesting line it has lots of kooky stuff going in we'll deal with more of it in another episode thanks for joining us we'll see you on the next one I'm Paul Bonner